Spout Lore is made possible by contributions from our listeners. If you would like to support us, go to patreon.com slash spoutlore, where you can get extra bonus special content. Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute, he knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Fingers half elf, he shifts his shape and wields his spear with great might. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest, they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spout Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdulaziz. Hello, everybody. Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Hello there. And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Hi, everyone. When last we left our heroes, they experienced the final moments of the Medjai Roth as the power of the spirit walker overcame his physical form, uh, pushing him closer and closer to death. Ving gave Roth the opportunity to have the power removed from him, uh, and Roth chose to die instead. Billy helped make Roth's final moments a little bit more pleasant, a little bit more comfortable, as Ving bid the animal spirits to leave Roth as he passed from this world, uh, and then was cremated on the top of the Tower of the Lightguard Fort. I assume by Ving, uh, in some fashion, or just somebody lit him on fire. (laughs) That's a little bit less uh, ceremonious. Ceremonious. Somebody just with a lighter, like click, <clears throat> click, 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 click. It's not. I feel like it was more of that. <laughs> it took it took forty five minutes to even get him <laughs> like holding ability. up against the side of his shoe. <laughs> Someone just goes up and is like, <laughs> uh, you did a little bit of looking around in the tower, but I'm really proud of you guys because you didn't really steal anything from this place. You just kind of left. Except for the mirror. Except for the mirror shard, which yeah. you found, which was a secret room. I yeah. feel like it found us. Yeah. And you went through like the chambers of what looked to be the captain's council and didn't take a thing. Except for Norman's legs. Except yeah. for Norman's legs. You took two <laughs> things uh, that were mismatched wooden appendages, which you returned to Storm and Norman on your uh, unceremonious retreat from the fort. Uh, you informed Norman that his life's work had been completed and he went off for new adventures in lands unknown. <laughs> Maggie and Corrine met back up at a Vertog Umbereth's clinic and had a moment alone as they discussed uh, what their relationship and partnership was going to look like going forward. Or if Corrine just wanted to leave. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> It probably kind of really, it was probably a very uncomfortable conversation. Probably still is kind of weird. Yeah. Between them. Yeah. You went and found Captain Oleander Dreyfus to ask him if you could charter his boat uh, to the frozen north. Found him getting thrown through a window at the Hound. (laughs) Uh, You sat down at the Hound and did a little bit of planning. Billy gave Perel or showed Perel the bag of magic crystals that he recovered from the mysterious assassin. And told everybody that uh, he was experiencing some unusual emotions when in contact with the crystals. 
Perel explained that the goggles and the weapon that the assassin carried um, are part of a discipline that existed pre-Exodus that I have changed the name to. It's now called Arcanics. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that the knowledge for this should be, if not totally lost, very hard to find Mm -hmm. and probably... Uh, very difficult to work with, but someone is doing it somehow. Pretty fucking sick. <laughs> you met Gull, <laughs> a stressed out 17-year-old uh, waiter at the Hound. And we left a huge tip for him. <laughs> oh, massive. It was He quit the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, I'm rich forever. Ving left him uh, one of the sunstone pieces that he has. <laughs> <laughs> He's living like a king. I'll go ahead and race that off of my backpack. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Uh, and then you headed down to the dock to prepare to cast off on Oleander's ship, the Sunrunner, uh, and met up with Maggie and Corrine, who has decided to come with you. The journey began. Billy regaled a group of uh, hardened sailors with a delicious meal idea that he had. <laughs> it was sort of halfway between a puppet show and a menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this world's example, uh, ex- analog to like food blog posts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, while Tuck and Ving had a very uh, difficult conversation below decks about um, Ving's recent healing of his body and his acceptance of uh the light of the moon into his spiritual essence yeah i guess you could call that acceptance still wondering what the heck yeah Yeah. like no one's really sure what it means Mm -hmm. just that ving has been healed of his uh nature's price and tuck chose that moment to let ving in on the uh prophecy that he was delivered by uh amamargani back in McCall about uh, how Tuck believes, I can't stress this enough, Tuck believes that he is going to die. He's going to die for (laughs) sure. I'm dead. Uh, I'm fucking living on borrowed time. This is him in the mirror every morning. (laughs) You're a dead man. In like the mirror shard? Yeah. Oh man, he stopped brushing his teeth like a month ago. Yeah. (laughs) Hasn't shaved since. I gotta save every second of time I have left. Yeah, that's why he's doing such intense intermittent fasts, so he doesn't shit or eat. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't waste time on shitting or eating. Yeah, he's sleeping so much less because he's like, I I don't have time for this. I don't have time for eight hours a night. He he always has a little bucket of water with him just in case he sees a bush on fire. (laughs) You're not gonna give me like that. <laughs> uh, and he told Ving that uh, Tuck knows he's going to die first. And when he does, uh, he knows that Billy will eventually forget him. And Tuck asked Ving, When Billy forgets me, let him forget me. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Uh, and then, spotted on the horizon, Billy saw smoke rising into the air. And we came upon a ruined and smoldering collection of wooden buildings village is maybe a strong word for what you found uh, on a little rock in the ocean oleander said hey maybe we should stop they might have useful supplies that we could uh, scavenge and went ashore with maggie kareen and ving ving found uh bodies under the snow evidence of a battle and human bodies holding weapons that seem to die in defense of whatever this little outpost is. And the bodies of two seals, one leopard seal and one sea lion. Uh, and the tracks of one gigantic sea mammal of some kind descending towards the water 
uh, transitioning into human footsteps. And as Billy and Tuck were watching from the vessel, horns sounded in the fog. And that is where we find our heroes now. And then Tuck yells from the from the vessel to the shore. Did you did you guys hear the horns that came out of the fog? Uh, yeah, Ollie, like everybody on this island heard it too. They all looked towards the fog, and Ollie's like, "Oh, we should go. We should get out of here." Okay. Uh, uh, see if you can grab anything, grab it. But we we got to go now. I grab some weapons, a spear. Uh, yeah, you find whatever a spear weapons on the, the the uh the animals are holding. Uh, the animals aren't holding any weapons. The humans have like swords and hatchets. Ving is trying to saw off a tusk as fast <laughs> as he can. <laughs> I'll be right there. Don't go anywhere. We are talking about a leopard seal and a sea lion, so they don't have any tusks. Hey, these ones do. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of marine mammals have. Because remember the orcas? They had tusks. Because we said they were like orcs. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's say the the sea lion does have a. Uh, bottom jaw tusks oh yeah two jutting tusks okay uh but yeah they kind of hurry back to the boat and ollie's like yeah i don't know uh if if whoever did this is going to come back but we should probably just get on the boat and figure out what we're going to do okay and yeah a few minutes later you climb back up on the deck of the sunrunner what'd you find just this i hold the tusk to billy and some footprints i don't know it looks like a druid attack there's a bunch of dead people some dead animals it's horrible I mean, and then he looks at Tuck and is like, no, we didn't really find anything. He accidentally <laughs> told Billy the, the traumatic thing. And then Tuck thing. Yeah, it was mostly they, they were having a meeting. <laughs> Tuck's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> oh, fuck, I did it again, didn't I? Um, so what were the horns? Does anybody, has anyone heard Oleander. that before? Oleander, what, what was that? Oh, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard those horns before. What are they? I've never seen what actually makes the sound. Can we spout lore for it yep. or anything? 2d6 plus intelligence. Oh, 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 Jesus. 11. Jones. Just Whoa. saw its own. Whoa. Whoa. Astounding. Zero intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep trying to get us to level up our oh. intelligence. Like, clearly, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you, currently, you already succeed at an average of at least one spelt lore per season. So why would you update your intelligence at all? Uh, okay, so interesting and useful. So, Oleander says yeah i i mean i've heard that the horns have um been heard in relation to attacks like this you know the sinking of ships the attacking of outposts but there, there seems to be from what i understand some kind of line uh in the area that people don't cross if there are vessels that are found past that line they might get attacked if there are outposts or villages that are built above that line they might get attacked it just seems that something or someone doesn't want people living or traveling through this area. Where's the line? Uh, I guess it's there. <laughs> he points at the <laughs> at the smoldering village. Uh, and Maggie says, I, I have heard stories of um people, beings, creatures living in the in the fog. I mean, people call them selkies. Some kind of melding of human and uh and sea life. And they they're vicious. They're fishes? They're fishes? Vi- vicious. <laughs> oh. oh, vicious. Sorry, I can't understand your accent sometimes. Well, yeah. we better not take any of these selfies then. 
How many keys do they sell on, a, on an average day? I'm going to go uh, look and see <laughs> if I can see I'm Maggie, no way. I'm sorry. We use, we use humor as a form of diffusing tense situations. I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah, so Maggie tells you, um, yeah, that there are stories about uh, people called Selkies living in the gray, which is what I've decided to call this area of fog. So Ooh. sick. And that they are known for being pretty vicious. Hmm. And Oleander adds, yeah, and I mean, it sounds like, like, you've heard of the black ships, right? No. Black long ships in the fog? Yeah. Stories, anybody that's ever seen them, few people have survived. I, you maybe catch a glimpse. I caught a glimpse of one once, uh, but I was able to outrun it, thankfully. What? How? Well, and he kind of pats the, the wheel of the sun runner. He goes, I don't envy anyone in a slower boat, which is most people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Can I spell lore on the black ships? Yeah, totally. Or the Selkies? Uh, yeah, we'll choose one. Black ships. Okay. I think I would know more about the black ships than you the You actually uh, created them. Mm-hmm. You, Abdul, came up with this idea. <laughs> what a talented <laughs> man I am. 2d6 plus intelligence. What a talented amnesiac I appear to be. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a four, so... <laughs> I want. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about these boats. Also, mark some experience. Oh, yeah, mark a point of experience and tell us what Tuck knows about the boats. Uh, Don't make it, and make it a thing that he thinks is true. Uh, Tuck thinks that these boats are commercial cruise liners. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Comedians in McCall go and work on. Yeah, I, I was thinking something more like he thinks they're ghost ships, or uh, oh, or does he think Ooh. they're commercial cruise liners? No, okay. So like the stories that he's been told about them, or like or the albums that he's listened to that have like references to the black ships in the gray. It's an album called The Black Ships in the Gray. Uh, <laughs> you realized as you said that the sentence you said was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the t- that's what the title. Uh, but it says that they are that they're giants. Like that they're mm. the remnants of the giants, the ones that escaped the transformation into the Orica mm. and kind of like left the nation of McCall. They moved to where the divine flame of the Lord of the Flame couldn't touch them and they stayed kind of on the water forever because the Lord of the Flame couldn't kind of reach them there in the fog because there's like water in the air. So they kind of mitigated the transformation by staying in in the gray. Um, And that the ships are like their nation, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Corrine uh, nods because that's a story that she's been told as well. She's like, yeah, that's that's what I've heard of them. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) she's she's been very quiet uh, during this journey, but she cosigns this story that tuck tells tuck fist bumps her she thinks about it she starts to put her fist out and then she pulls it back and and then tuck goes <laughs> waves his fingers around like, wiggles his fingers like he didn't do he, anything he didn't mean to <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so that's what you learn i'm sorry are we in danger now these horns are getting closer to us should we set sail yeah can we just like go really fast like rip ass through the gray all right and he rubs his hands together. Let's uh, set sail. Let's do it. I'll keep an eye out for the pretty fishes. <laughs> <laughs> keep an eye out for threats, Billy. Okay. Uh, and we're going to uh, undertake a perilous journey. Okay. Ving's going to start stockpiling arrowheads along the sides. Oh, smart. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And arrow shafts and bows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the he whole says, thing. <laughs> after like an hour. Shit. Okay. Uh, okay, so somebody's got to scout ahead and someone's got to navigate. 
I'll help navigate okay. this turn. Okay. Who's going to scout? I could scout. Okay. Can we change the quartermaster role to like Ving getting weapons ready just in case there is an, inv- an incursion? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Armor master. There's a move called stay sharp. Oh, that yeah. is like when you're on watch and something approaches. Uh, so that we could use that as kind of like how prepared you are for something Sick. to happen. Great. So stay sharp is uh, 2d6 plus wisdom. We'll do scout ahead first because we might have to roll a bunch of shit. Yeah. Ooh, uh, eight. Okay. So you get one from the list below. Get the drop on whatever lies ahead. Discern a beneficial aspect of the terrain. Make a capital D discovery. Notice sign of a capital D danger. Uh, get the drop on what's ahead. Okay, cool. So we'll figure out what might be ahead after we roll navigate so that's 2d6 plus intelligence yeah so tuck is helping oleander with the maps uh, five <laughs> shit okay <laughs> <gonna minus> <laughs> uh excellent and tuck's job was to just like hold the map down well because the sunrunner is going fast the wind is blowing really mm-hmm. hard and his job was to hold the map down while Oleander looked at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. And the map just like <laughs> flies off. Lose it. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, go ahead and roll 2d6 plus wisdom for stay sharp. Eight. Eight. Uh, so on a seven to nine, you managed to sound the alarm, but no one has time to prepare. Fuck so that is, if, some, if something approaches, uh, which it very well may, you won't have time to prepare for it. Okay. Shoot. Um, so yeah you set sail and pick up speed as you approach the like towering wall of fog that marks the edge of the gray Mm -hmm. uh and you know when you're walking through mist and it's not like you see a wall and you walk into the wall it just kind of becomes misty around you Mm -hmm. uh the gray is different you pass through a wall like a veil of fog Mm -hmm. and then it's just gray and cold inside cool yeah immediately feel chilly yeah Mm-hmm. And you make pretty good time for a while, but eventually you notice that the sails start like billowing and flapping and the wind starts to die down. And then eventually <gasps> it's totally still. No. And the boat, the Sunrunner just kind of drifts to a halt and starts kind of bobbing in the water. Can we row? Do you have oars? Uh, yeah, we got oars below deck. We could try and row. 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 To the oars. <laughs> I, I scurry down the the steps to the deck below. Yeah. To the row deck. I, I scurry behind Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Billy, you see rows and rows of oars that are so much bigger than you for oh, sure. Oh boy. All right. I will take the smallest one. A ladle. <laughs> yeah. Just a little ladle that you poke out the window. <laughs> I'm helping. I, uh, my rowing tactic is Billy's like jumping up and down sort of like a seesaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> pretty good. It's not great. It's kind of helping. I'm just slapping the water. Yeah. And Tuck sits kind of in the middle of the vessel and grabs an oar on either side of oh. him mm. and just starts hammering it. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. like jolts the boat forward. <laughs> Every time he rows, it like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like a cartoon character. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. So Ollie gets you guys to the rowers to make a steady, like this is not a time to, you would never be able to row fast enough to outrun anything. So it's just about being able to move for as long as possible right Mm -hmm. now. But everyone above deck is just looking out into the fog. It's weirdly quiet too. Even the sound, even the sound of the oars touching the water sounds muffled and something begins to take shape in the fog and 
drifting closer to you, resolving into a clear image, is what looks to be a small two-seater dinghy with no one in it. And then another one. And then a slightly larger vessel. And there's just dozens and dozens of empty boats drifting out of the fog. Whoa. There's too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) And they just begin to float past you completely devoid of life. Oh, that's so eerie. Yeah. I'm going to jump down into one overboard Ooh. into a boat. Okay. Yeah, you absolutely can. Check it uh, out. Yeah. Defy danger dexterity. Seven. So yeah, you jump down into one of these boats. Ving says, I'll be right back and then steps up on the thing and jumps without looking <laughs> yeah. down. Uh, the boat rocks pretty hard. No oars or anything in here. No real damage that you can see, but certainly a significant amount of dried blood. Oh, Yikes. Fuck. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's blood. <laughs> Thing comes up on deck licking off his fingers. Uh, that's definitely blood. Uh, yeah, so these boats just sail by like a black parade. <laughs> is, there, is there more and more of them as we go further and further in? I think there is enough that you lose count, but you do eventually come to like the edge of this fleet, this barren fleet. As it drifts back into the fog behind you and disappears from view. Oh, okay. Totally normal. Ollie <laughs> says, nothing to worry about. Billy's back up on the top deck after hearing all the ruckus. Yeah. Um, can I use trap expert? Oh, oh smart. yeah. Good idea. Okay. Sick. 12. Fuck. So on mm-hmm. a 10 plus, I get three questions, all three. Okay, so if is there a trap here? And if so, what activates it? Yes, there is, certainly. There is a trap in the sense of danger mm-hmm. uh, that you might not be able to recognize. Billy, you are feeling a lot of sensations that other people don't usually pick up. And you're realizing that this fog is not ordinary fog. Something about this fog shifts and moves the place around you in an unnatural way like the landscape yeah like Mm. this like going forward in this fog might not be the same as going forward on the open sea the fog itself is dangerous what does the trap do when activated you think that if you were to get sufficiently lost in here you would stay lost what else is hidden here just as the like you're following the boats as they're starting to drift by like billy's walking down the deck and you see just as they're about to get into the fog proper behind you you see one of them rock uh, as a person like grips to the side and like hoists themselves <gasps> up out of the bottom of one of the smaller boats look look thing look. oleander they start to wave their arm um can i like use my binoculars to mm-hmm. look closer yeah Looks like a like a young like maybe teenage girl, sixteen to eighteen, really like emaciated. Looks really uh, pale, kind of grayish complexion, almost long, stringy blonde hair. Just exhausted, sunken eyes. Looks very weak, like she's been without food or nourishment or medical care for a long time. Do I roll or anything to look close? Yeah, you can roll discern realities if you want. Sure. Yeah. Ten. Billy's knocking it out of the park right now. Billy's on high alert. (laughs) I think it's because like, so I think because we're so close to Hibernia, 
and like this area Ooh. billy's getting a lot of like mm. it's almost like he's in a different you know like a radio station like you're almost like tuned mm-hmm. in differently mm. so that's why he like feels the fog different like he he feels like a buzzy electric feeling mm. a, a sort of ringing everything's clear and crisper too. yeah yeah, like it. closer to the homeland. Yeah, totally. The fairy also, blood is strong yeah. here. He's got a bag of those crystals too. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got the crystal bagels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> did, where did that even come from? I think I was thinking about Billy looking at the menu. And I was like, at the bottom of the burger is the bagels. <laughs> crystal bagels. <laughs> uh, okay, Billy's so you- got the bag of crystals there we go <laughs> i see uh okay you get three questions off discern realities what here is not what it appears to be mm. i think the way that uh she is waving at you is vigorous in a way that you would not expect somebody that looks that unhealthy to be able to wave okay but maybe it's just a I'm on my last legs. I need to give everything I can to try and get to try and get somebody's attention sort of thing. Who is really in control here? So you're looking closer at her as she bobs around this boat. And then you see another boat a little further away rock and a pair of eyes peek up over the side of that boat as well. Like a similar human, not an identical one, but another like young lean human form yikes okay what happened here recently pure massacre (laughs) okay so the the girl that you were watching wave at you seems to notice that the waving isn't doing it and like lifts herself up more fully and you see the dress she's wearing is uh bloodied and the, the, the eyes that you saw poke up behind uh, in the other boat gets up and it's a person who's like missing part of like the lower part of their face. Oh, whoa. Yikes. And then another person, uh, a woman holding a baby, uh, sits up in one of the other boats. Oh, God. A, like an old man and a, a younger man sit up in another boat. What is, are these zombies? And they're just drifting more and more people appear in the boats as they continue to drift off into the fog. All of them begin waving at you, trying to get your attention, gesturing you closer. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. I wave. No, don't. Ving, stop. And the, the, the woman holding the baby sees Ving waving and beckons him closer. I want to go. No. I, I grab Ving's uh, legs. Roll a defy danger wisdom, Ving. Eight. Yeah, you really. These people need help. Billy grabs a rope from the deck and mm-hmm. he's he's tying it around Ving's legs. Okay, trying to tie him up, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, defy danger, uh, dexterity. Seven. Ving, B- Billy starts wrapping you up in a rope. First, you're like legs, and then you know once he gets a hand, he's trying to like get your hand attached to your leg. Yeah, they'll need a rope to help get the boats back to this boat. That's a good idea, Billy. Thank you. 
Tuck, Billy's trying to stop Ving from seemingly jumping overboard. Yeah, I've been rowing this whole time. <laughs> oh, right. And I hear I hear them struggling and on you, the top deck. You hear Maggie going like, what are you doing? And like every Ollie's like, no, get back. Get away from the side. So I kind of I let the oars go and we slow down a lot. Because <laughs> I've been doing I've All been doing. Work. Yeah, I look back and everyone is fucking the dog behind just, me. Just, just talking. <laughs> they left. <laughs> You're the only rower. And uh, I run upstairs and I see Billy and, and like basically fighting Ving on the deck. Yeah, and you see other crew people along the sides like looking mm-hmm. at these people that are gesturing them forward. One person full on goes over the side of the oh, boat, no. splashes into the water and starts swimming towards them. And Tuck knows exactly what's going on. He takes two of Ving's flaps, rips them off and then stuffs them in his ears and starts doing the wink blink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I roll for that? Uh, yeah. Roll a defy danger wisdom. <laughs> okay. Oh, zero wisdom. Seven. Seven. <laughs> nice. Uh, whatever you're doing, it's working. It's definitely the wink blink that's helping you right now. For sure. And, but, and the kind of, the, ha- the partial success is that I have limited visibility half of the time. <laughs> And Ollie sees you doing that. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you too, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Big thumbs up. Billy's, Billy's like yelling at Tuck, like, grab everyone else off the deck. And, Take them down. And Tuck starts like, anyone that's like going to jump off the boat, he's like, smack him in the face really hard. <laughs> okay, defy danger strength for that. Yeah. 12. Yeah, you're able to grab like a bunch of people that are trying to dive over the side to go help these people. Mm-hmm. Something that you real that you notice as people uh, are being pulled away, they don't seem to be reacting the way that you recall reacting to the mermaids. So they're not getting hard. <laughs> there's almost no. They're not getting hard. Yeah, there's like nobody getting hard or wet on this deck at all right now. Um, but Billy. Ving is uh, really like starting to gather up the rope and is like, thanks a lot. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Ving, what are you doing? Billy is trying to give you a rope so you can get something to help these people. Yeah, I'm I'm letting them know it's okay. I'm reaching for my harpoons nearby. I'm going to harpoon the lead boat and and start drawing it back in. All right. uh, Give me a defy danger dexterity for that throw. (sighs) We got 10. Holy shit. So... You're still kind of tied up I'm, around your legs. I'm tying I'm tying the rope to the end of the harpoon. Yeah, you're not able to get all of the rope for sure. Like Billy still has you kind of restrained, at least around the leg zone. Uh, and you th- whip your harpoon out as hard as you can. And it sails through the air above the water as the boats are drifting away. I should say you're at the back of the boat and they're drifting past you. So this is more of a back boat than mm-hmm. lead boat. Mm-hmm. And you hit the wood of a small rowboat without oars. And uh, a middle-aged man who is uh seems to be missing like a chunk of his side is like oh and he grabs the rope and he starts oh man pulling in towards the boat i've got the waning knife on me and i cut the rope yeah snaps right through it what are you doing i'm i'm helping uh ving's harpoon begins to drift away on the boat uh the rope hits the water and starts trailing through oh shit is that a spear that's on that yeah that's his that's That's the spear yeah that's his harpoon Fuck. <laughs> Ving jumps in the water. <laughs> swims for the end of the rope. And I'm just going to go get that lead rope and bring it back to the ship. With yeah. my speed. Billy. 
Uh, yeah, get, I know you're trying to help, but that's not helping. Defy danger dexterity for this dive. The uh, nine. So you dive off the back of the Sunrunner. A beautiful swan dive. Your arms thrown out to the side, uh, peaking as you hit the water. And just before I go into the water, they go back to my side and I land <laughs> face first. <laughs> right. A big mouthful of uh, ice cold seawater. And something about the like bracing, shocking, abrupt cold of the water shakes your mind loose for a moment. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work underwater. And underneath the water, just below the surface, kind of drifting down into the dark you see hundreds of bodies. Whoa. And they're all like following the boats as they drift oh, away. What the heck? And then goes, <laughs> He's, he realizes what's going on. Yeah. So you, you break the surface and the ropes right there. Your harpoon is attached to the boat, but, um, I grab it. You could probably sh- like with the rope, you could probably yank it loose if you wanted to. You think so? I'm going to try and yank it loose then. Yeah. You grab the rope and just defied ninja strength. Oh my trying God. to rip it out. Okay. Six. Six. Um, I, I, I throw the rope overboard for Ving. 2d6 plus bond. 12. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, you grab onto the rope and you can't quite get like the purchase kind of just floating in the water and bloop, the other end of the rope lands next to you. And, and with that, like against the weight of the boat. Yeah. You're able to pop it loose. And it comes flying at my face. <laughs> yeah, roll a, a Defy Danger Dexterity to not get smoked by your own harpoon. Uh, seven. Okay. <laughs> um, you can yank it really fast and get hit, but get your harpoon. Or you can yank it a little bit slower and give whatever's on that boat the opportunity to grab on as well. I'm going to get hit. I okay. Guess. Roll your damage die. So a D6. Two. Yeah, your harpoon comes back and nicks your cheek, but it's not enough to seriously wound you just to kind of freak you out and now you're being pulled behind the sun runner as this thing reaches out to you uh maggie and i are hauling the rope up trying to pull ving back on board yeah maggie's got it like yeah. billy you're helping Billy's for sure helping <laughs> she's yeah. doing this beside yeah. her yeah. yeah hand over hand but uh yeah maggie's like corded shoulders you could just she's reeling it in like a fishing mm-hmm. rod um ving as you're being pulled you're like watching the boats drift away and you see one of the crewmen that swam towards the dock it like helped up into one of the boats and like a woman in her early 20s in a in a bonnet and a dress like really weird old clothing uh sits him down in the boat and pats his shoulders and he like just sits there placidly as the boat drifts away whoa can i spell laura about what's going on here yeah totally here we go wink blink do not fail so I got six, so I could use an eight. I'll eight. I'm in the water. I saw everything underneath the water. I saw a bunch. Yeah. Nice. Nine. Sick. So that makes it a seven. Uh, you've heard stories, Ving, you've heard them too, about lost fleets, for lack of a better... Like, the boats are definitely not fleet-worthy necessarily, but people that have gotten lost in the fog and are spotted by sailors decades later... Mm -hmm. Uh, or people that go missing and then stories about them are told by people way older that Mm. match descriptions or people that have ships that have been sunk and their crew have been seen drifting through the the water the prevailing theory is that they're the souls of people that have died but haven't been able to pass on because they remain lost in the gray whoa what what that means actually metaphysically 
in our world who knows uh-huh. if people have souls but uh the yeah the idea is that they're ghosts for lack of a better term this is a, a ghost fleet maybe ving was like subject to it because he's kind of like finding himself again mm. feeling a little unmoored yeah in who he is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well in the the pull of the moon too like that out of body yeah essence mm-hmm. so the idea is that they just want help finding their way home so they try and attract people that might be able to get them there are they like evil or harmful uh harmful but not evil okay like so that guy would probably be fine right they're not gonna <laughs> eat his brains or anything right no no, no. no yeah they're de- that is one thing is they're definitely not known to physically attack or kill people they just try and like lure them in and ask their help and most people that get that close agree and they're never seen again because no one can actually help yeah they're just going to be lost forever is this related at all to, to mother never was and her army of has-beens and like could-bes and stuff i would say not necessarily i think this is kind of a new sort of thing okay. that we're seeing like i think this is these are ghosts whoa yeah and that's what tuck says He's like, guys, I think these are ghosts. <laughs> you can stop doing that now. So, like, yeah, so M- Maggie reaches up and pulls one of your plugs out of your ear. I said, I think they're ghosts. Yeah. What are you doing with these? I was doing the wink blink. What's the wink blink? It's a way to keep mermaids from, like, getting you so horny that you jump <laughs> into the water with them. It actually works. <laughs> I believe it, honestly. <laughs> if you only open one eye at a time and you block your ears, you can't hear their beautiful song and you can't see their beautiful tits. <laughs> <laughs> that much <laughs> uh ollie's like great well now that we've got that out of the way <laughs> i'm like you're you're treating me like i'm some kind of idiot but one day the wink like will save your life yeah okay mermaids <laughs> yeah sure if i ever see a mermaid i'll let you know he's yeah. also writing it down <laughs> yeah wink blank don't Beautiful look at tits. <laughs> um yeah so all that is really well all that really remains is to continue uh, i'd say it's getting kind of late so we might want to do like the camp moves, basically. Okay. Make camp, you know, set a watch, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, make camp. When you settle into rest, choose one member of the party to manage provisions, uh, which is the food thing that we're going to do. Then if you eat and drink you and you have enough XP, you can level up. Mm. Uh, and then I'll choose one person to roll a flat roll. And that will determine how this evening goes. So who's going to manage provisions? I mean, narratively, Billy's all over the I food. Can do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, manage provisions is 2d6 plus wisdom. Okay. Wow. 12. Of course. Holy I shit. Did a really good job. I even organized all the food in like kind of a sandwich form. <laughs> <laughs> like themes of food. Uh huh. They're all stacked up nicely. Okay. Well, on a 10 plus, you choose one from the list below. Careful management reduces the amount of rations consumed, or the party consumes the expected amount of food you prepare, and it is excellent. Describe it, and everyone who licks their lips (laughs) takes plus one forward. Okay, so the food, I I choose the second one, obviously, Mm -hmm. and everyone eats a regular amount. I, I Billy makes like pirate charcuterie, which is just like a lot of beef jerky and lime wedges, bread of sorts uh-huh. uh, that he smeared with cheese 
of um, sorts <laughs> some cheese um and and he decorated it with a bunch of clam shells that he still had and yeah, yeah. um billy opened up one of the jars of wapple jelly whoa oh Candied mm. people lick their lips. I <laughs> Billy says this. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't even appreciate what I mean. He <laughs> has to reveal his lips. <laughs> this is entrancing. This looks like the sea singer. Like I know we should be taking a picture of this or something for content, but I can't look away. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. So you get plus one forward, unfortunately. Oh. I wish I could take it away. <laughs> Jessica looks so disgusted. <laughs> uh, Paul, how did how what does Ving feel about this food? Oh, Ving loves it. The, yeah. the jelly is such a perfect sweetness after that smeared hard cheese. And the hard tack. Yep. I don't think it was supposed to be hard, but great job saving Thank some you. stale bread. <laughs> Beautiful. And there we go. <laughs> and uh, the cheese that he he put he smeared on the bread, uh-huh. while delicious and soft and extremely aged. Uh, Tuck is looking at a pile of uh, mouse traps that Billy emptied <laughs> in the bottle, <laughs> and he's like, "Where'd all these mouse traps come from?" Well, we don't have any mice, so like, <laughs> they're not gonna eat it. His fingers have bandages on them. This is dangerous. There has to be a better way. <laughs> He was just triggered. (laughs) 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 Didn't even consider trying to get it off without setting it off. Yeah, his fingers are so swollen. Like sausages. Added respect for Louise. How does Billy feel about this food? Billy feels great. And he's been licking his lips the whole time. You got to do it audibly. The people can't (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So you get a plus one forward. So everyone's going to add a plus one to their next roll. Then... Somebody's going to roll plus nothing. Who has the worst luck? Hmm. I think Vang has the worst Paul. luck right now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Roll 2d6 and don't add Things anything. Things are going pretty good for me, guys. <laughs> you just jumped into the water to try and give yourself over to a ghost fleet. <laughs> okay. It's just when you said Paul, I thought it was outside of the game. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 2d6 plus nothing. Boom. Nine. So on a seven to nine, I choose one from the list below. The first one is the person on watch notices a nearby capital D discovery. One party member of the GM's choice suffers a restless night. One or more followers causes trouble. Uh, a capital D danger approaches. It's not immediately hostile, but whoever's on watch had better stay sharp anyways. Hmm. So who is on watch right now, do we think? Middle of the night? No, I'd, I would take watch because I don't trust Ving to be alone. Right. Yeah. Why? Because of the the people in the boat? Because you jumped in the water. No, I'm fine now, man. He's just saying, looking off of the back of the boat, squinting. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should go maybe like below Jackson, like rest. Uh, How about I rest up here? You can rest up here. Okay. Okay. Tuck, you're standing on watch. The night is gray. The sea is gray. Yeah. (laughs) The moon is a lighter gray. You're standing on the deck, just keeping watch, normal, walking around. You know, pe- some people have gone to sleep. They're mm-hmm. sleeping on the deck a lot of the times. Um, so many couches on the deck. Yeah. Well, and the Sunrunner is quite a lot smaller than the, uh, than the, what? Sorry, I just had an image of like Billy, like, ra- like burritoed up uh-huh. and like him rolling around on the deck as he sleeps. Back and forth. Yeah, as the, oh, the boat rocks. Gentle rocking. <laughs> There's every couple seconds he rolls through the frame. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, there are people sleeping on sh- on couches, on pull-out couches <laughs> on the top of the deck and mm-hmm. some people below. And you see through the fog, illuminated by the faint, diffused moonlight, uh, what looks like a like a sandbar or like a bunch of like rocks coming out of the water. And you look a little bit, they kind of wind through the waves to your to the right hand side of the ship and you kind of follow it with your eyes and you realize there's like an island island uh over to the right in that direction oh shit yeah there's land over there uh 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 ollie uh-huh there's land over there what do i say Ho. There's a ho over there. We should uh. go land. <laughs> we should go land, ho. Oh. Uh no. Ho. <laughs> Is that a good idea? I mean I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something valuable on that island. Billy rolls by and he's like, maybe there's treasure. <laughs> and then rolls away. <laughs> or snack. <laughs> Ving standing beside you. What if there's someone who needs help? Hmm. We're out of apple jelly. <laughs> this keeps rolling by. And we need more bread. <laughs> and cheese to come to think about it. You know what? You guys are right. What if there is something valuable on that island? <laughs> Wapples. Okay. We're going to make landfall, but only until things get really weird. We can tolerate a little bit of weird in search of uh, profit, but if it gets really weird, we're leaving, okay? Should we establish a marker of what really weird is? Yeah, okay. So, like, up higher in this marker, if a uh, an endless parade of empty <laughs> boats float by with the <laughs> souls of the damned inside, mm-hmm. we're gonna go. <laughs> All right. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We put our hands in. <laughs> and then we say All one, in, hand in. one, two, three. Agree. Agree. Okay. You guys are learning how we do it on the Sunrunner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. How about this weird scenario? We get on the island. There's a clearing. I walk into the middle of it. There's a flower in there that's speaking with my father's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'd go to pick the flower, but it starts bleeding and screaming. Uh-huh. I've been there. <laughs> what do you think about that? Is that too weird or do we still stick around? My question to you, is there any boats floating by with zombie people? <laughs> Not at all, my friend. Not that weird of a situation. <laughs> Not that weird. Not that weird. So we stick around if we, if we come to a, a flower with our father's voice that screams and bleeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, everybody your hands in. Okay. One, two, three. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, sidebar. What I come up to this island. Uh-huh. There is normal looking sand. I step on it, starts spiraling, sucking me under, but there's a bottom limit to which I am taller than okay. a parrot comes out of my mouth, speaking <laughs> with my voice, telling me to go in back down to the dirt where there is some pineapple jelly uh <clears throat> weird or not weird <laughs> uh well i mean your head is above the level of the sand right you said yeah. so you're not in mortal peril also let me ask you a question mm-hmm. is there a, a parade of ghost ships floating by <laughs> there is not okay not i don't that think weird. that's weird. That weird okay everybody <laughs> put your hands in one two three agreed, agreed. all right <laughs> I mean, what if we land on on the island uh-huh. and I'm brought back into time, uh, back to the the Eldridge years of no land or space, and 
my body is not my body, but I am one with everything and everything speaks to me and I hear everything all at once, but also never at all. Is that weird? Okay, so you're you're part of everything, you're seeing everything, you're hearing everything, but are you seeing... The ghosts? A, an endless parade of ghosts floating yeah. by with the souls of the damned. Yeah. No. No. Not that weird. I don't okay. think that's okay. that weird. All right, everybody. Put hands in. One, One two, two, three. Agreed. agreed. Okay. And this has been a series of scenes where it was like the first one we were on the deck and talking, <laughs> and the second one we were in a little dinghy <laughs> going to the island, and then the, the last one we were like on the shore just talking about. Just about to yeah. get out. Yeah. And there's in the background, as Billy is describing being one with the universe, one of the pirates is just like, what the fuck? He's <laughs> <laughs> got a hell of imagination. Uh... It was one of the fat skinny guys. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, the two fat and skinny. Yeah. <laughs> They're the yeah. two guys you always see. Yeah, short and McWide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I think Maggie and Kareen and Perel all agree to come on the island as well, so they'll be around if you need their help with anything. And we literally have a single data point for what is too weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, an empty vessel uh, filled with the souls of the damned. Yeah, black parade floating by. Yeah, totally. Uh, so... I'm going to be, this is, I'll part the veil a little bit. No idea what this island's about. Mm. You can explore to your heart's content. Uh, we don't know what's on here. Maybe we'll find something cool. Maybe we decide to leave. Oleander wants to look around and see if there's at least, uh, if there is anything super valuable that, he, that they could grab. Okay. Or maybe some food. The island I'm imagining is a real like gray stony island mm -hmm. kind of covered in evergreen trees. Uh, there are sheer rock cliffs on some sides the side that you're on is the lowest but there's probably another beach or shoreline on the other side of the island mm. it's kind of cramped in a way there are forested areas a bit of a rocky hill mm -hmm. but a lot of like nooks and crannies that you could poke around in cool yeah does it seem inhabited at all any signs of other people being here let's roll a discern realities all right does you can, snake eyes you, you can oh. you can re-roll re -roll the brown one that was that'd be considered a jack die Snake eyes. <laughs> God wanted it to happen like Excellent. this. <laughs> Excellent. So you... Plus what? Sorry? <laughs> plus intelligence. Uh, plus wisdom. <clears throat> Three. Cool. Uh, so Ving is wandering. Or, what was that face? I had an idea for what the the consequence was, but... No, I want to hear it. Because uh, he, you made that promise to the snakes. The promise to the snakes? I don't remember that. When we were when we were all high on Ghost Root, they made you promise to help them get through to this side. <gasps> mm. That uh. promise might be coming due. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Release them on the island? Ooh. Um I that's what that's why I thought of it, because it was a snake eyes. Snake eyes. Oh yeah. Uh, I well, I mean I kinda like the idea maybe Ving, you're wandering around. Like everybody's just kind of spreading out on the island basically to see what they can find. And um you feel a concentration of spiritual energy nearby. Something similar to sort of the conflux that happened on the boat, but more similar to sites of significance to the druids that you felt like in the principalities, like in the north or in the great forest. Ooh shit. Cool. And you follow this feeling through a copse, cops, whatever, of fir trees, and you find nestled in um, like a tumble of rocks at the base of like a stony hill, what looks to be a fountainhead, like a spring of crystal clear water kind of bubbling up from the ground, 
forming this like natural well mm. in the rocks. Cool. I want to take some, put a mason jar. Yeah. It's ice cold oh. and feels so nice. Oh so refreshing. God. I'm re- I'm very tempted to have a drink, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, but you should. Yeah, I know. Think of how refreshing it would be. That would be great. Think of how hydrating you would no, feel. No, I'm going to make Billy and Tuck drink some first. <laughs> see what happens to those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's something about this, the feeling of this place that's very familiar to you. Hmm. And you hear in your head, in your soul, like kind of a hissing. And then, remember, you promised us. Mufasa? <laughs> remember. <laughs> Simba. Yeah, you promised. A promise is a promise. And Tuck, what are you up to? Uh, I walked down to like one of the shorelines. Like one of the kind of like rockier beaches on the the island, and I'm looking around, and uh, I recognize it from the vision of Lillian and Chimes and Rian on like a young oh, Rian no. on a beach. Oh, interesting. Yeah, from that like little secret room in the lifeguard fort, and I recognize it because the beach looks exactly the same, but like on one of the sort of like rock faces that like the beach backs onto Mm -hmm. there's like a carving that a child made with a knife of like a small like one person dinghy like it's like a kid's drawing of a boat with Mm -hmm. like the triangle sail and i remember that from the the vision and yeah so this something about this beach does seem very familiar and this extremely faded keep that in mind Mm -hmm. you think that this might resemble Mm -hmm. kind of the design of like how a kid would draw a boat Mm -hmm. but it might, might also just be cracks and worn rivulets from water over the millennia yeah yeah but that's something really cool beach mm-hmm. is very comforting and familiar uh billy what are you doing on this island um billy went to gather some food like he wandered up uh, into like the more grassy and forested area mm-hmm. um and he's plucking flowers and herbs that he remembers are edible yeah no, I was just going to say roll of discern realities if you wanted to like investigate and look for like good foods and stuff in this area. Oh, okay. 11. Wow. Okay. So Billy knows that you can eat these flowers because they also grow uh, in the, in the Everwood Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. They're more, they're, they grow bigger and more lush out there, but they're, they have little ones here. And they kind of taste like little strawberries. Cool. Yeah, very sweet. Um, And the herbs uh, is just like an oniony kind of herb that Mears taught him that you can eat. So he's gathering those. um, And he's really like rummaging around the roots of these trees. And it's like he hears stuff. Oh. Like it's almost like the trees are like trying to like talk to him. Whoa. Interesting. Cool. So you do get questions from the discern realities list. Oh, I do? Yeah. You get three because you got an 11. Wow. Fuck yeah. What here is useful or valuable to me? Yeah, you, uh, it does seem like the trees are trying to speak to you. This tree that you're near is trying to communicate something to you in some way, you think. Yeah, Billy's not sure what it's trying to say, but he does feel a weird, like, kind of like familiar sense. Um, What here is not what it appears to be. Um, You are looking around the bases of these trees you're just like oh something this feels familiar in some way still continuing to gather your little berries and herbs and then you notice at the base of this tree 
it looks like something was carved into it mm-hmm. uh, and you follow that carving up and there's more carvings and more carvings and you realize that most of the trees in this little grove uh, have words and runes carved into them. Can I read them? Yeah, I think you can. <gasps> yeah, so Billy it, it, like finds himself up really high up actually in these this tree. Whoa. And he realizes he's been reading, like seeing so much of it. He sees like tall figures, like weird robes mm. and like loose clothing uh, and a lot of clothing that's just made from the plants here. He sees like that certain plants have like uprooted themselves and, and, and learned to like, I don't want to say like walk, but like move. Yeah. Like they move and then like through their life cycles, like become more humanoid. Oh, mm. yeah. that's really cool. Interesting. Mm. So that's what the runes are saying to you. Yeah. It's kind of drawing that history about it. Cool. Whoa. Is this the, the origins of like humanoid fairies? Maybe. Maybe. Like, there were pieces of the land that decided to become more. Maybe, yeah. There's a part of the tree. Part of the tree talks of boats that arrived here, carrying these taller humans. Oh, oh, taller is in like taller than average, like, like people now, like Ving size, yeah, like taller than Billy. Oh, interesting. Hmm. What should I be on the lookout for? Now that I'm up in this tree. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you are up in the tree and you get a pretty good look at the island. Uh, and on the other side, the far side of where everybody is, like it kind of the island goes up to a peak and then drops back down to the water. You see on a jutting rock over the water on the other side of the island, a rough, old looking uh, stone tower, <gasps> small like a squat-ish kind of round watchtower-looking structure. Cool. Yeah, crumbled, like part of the top of the tower is crumbled away. Looks like the elements have gotten to it, but wow. there's an old structure. Billy feels pretty safe on this island, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's going to go there. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Ving. Mm-hmm. These voices in your head are getting pretty insistent that you help them. Yeah, it's the snakes, isn't it? He says to the voices. Very good. Thank you. So, how are you going to get us out of here? Out of my head? Into the world? Into the world, baby. Where are you now, (laughs) snake babies? We're in the spirit world. We're nearby. (gasps) But we could be closer. Can you show yourself? Uh, You see shimmering in the surface of the well a reflection of like two snakes coiling around each other. Ving puts his head down into the pool submerging his gills, entering the spirit water. Mm -hmm. Gulps into fresh air, spirit air. You feel uh, yourself pass through the veil between the material and the spirit. Whoa. Whoa. This appears to be, yeah, some sort of extreme thinning. Hmm. And the, and the, the snakes are like swimming around each other in the water underneath you, like circling. What do you want of the real world and they're like you want to know the weird thing don't even know we don't know what it's like over there we want to we want to find out we want to experience the material we want to experience real solid earth beneath our scales i mean things not 
He knows it's not a great idea to leave spirit snakes into the world. Yeah, certainly not. What can I give of you? I can give you a taste of the real world into yours. I can bring something here. I can't bring you back. That was not the deal. Yeah, well, it's what I got for you. Uh, What are you offering them specifically? The moon. What do you mean? A part of the moon spirit. I can bring you... Part of the full moon. I can bring you moon juice. You looking for moon (laughs) stuff? I got plenty because I think I might have some of that deep inside of me. A well of moon juice. Vig is still figuring out his new powers. Yeah, totally. He's he's looking at them like, maybe they know about the moon juice. (laughs) One of them is like, bro, are you offering us drugs? Because I don't want to do DMT. (laughs) What are you looking for? You were looking for moon juice? I got moon juice, bro. Interesting. So what I guess what are you offering to do for them? Like imbue them with this yeah, give them something of the spirit of the moon here to take back to be part of their dominion. Interesting. They can become celestial moon snakes. Holy shit. You want to be forever? Become part of the sky. Roll a two D six plus charisma for a parlay. Okay. Ten. Whoa interesting they say to each other you were my eyes now see with thine own eyes the moon juice (laughs) (laughs) okay you can stop trying to sell us on it we've been sold okay okay cool so you're going to make us one with the moon spirit i guess so what would that do at this point i mean no idea what it did do it could be like you know how like some animals respond to the moon like but snakes don't like it could like fuck with their like circadian rhythm <laughs> make snakes nocturnal yeah or yeah. something maybe it'll give them more night sight yeah it's probably gonna have some interesting ramifications there's like it's sort of like chinese mythology with dragons but like there's the whole thing where it's like you know in architecture they've got all these circles for the dragons to like be able to travel through it could be a thing where it's like maybe when the moon is full that's when the snakes can come visit like the real plane whoa and then as it like wanes then they're sent back to the spirit world yeah i can't give you this world all the time but when the moon is full you can come and visit that's fucking rad really (laughs) sick yeah very cool the idea that because we've been talking about how like the moon is different in this world the idea that it like mediates the distance between Mm. the like the spirit realm and the material in the material realm also like lines up with the historical precedent that like the shattering happened and then stuff got fucked up yeah when i like that it means that the light the physical light parts of the moon are different than the dark parts of the moon too with different chunks falling Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah that's sweet cool yes we we accept okay how do we do this? It's going to get weird, bro. <laughs> no, Come at me, they bro. Just, you feel yourself compelled to uh, plunge your hands into the pool as well. Uh, your arms getting going deep into the this reserve, this well of water, as the two snakes um, coil up each of your arms, basically, and just kind of spin. And then as they uncoil, they head back down your arms and they begin to glow with this like bright white brilliance of the moonlight that you've come to know. 
Mm-hmm. The well is glowing with the light of the moon. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And they begin to swim in a circle in the well, following one another, forming this like brilliant white circle. Uh, and they carry on back down the well and disappear from sight. This light following them. Our deal is done. Thank you. He puts his hand out for a fist bump. They swim back up and they <laughs> <laughs> they bop your head with the fist and then they swim back down and they disappear from sight back into the spirit world. Okay. Um, Fing just stands up his head's like dripping his hair is just also looks around. Okay, nobody saw that. Uh, there might be no ramifications. Let's see how long I can keep this under wraps. The shot shifts to a wide of Ving just starting to run away from the beach that he's on. <laughs> Two gigantic moonlit snakes <laughs> chase him down the island. Uh, Tuck, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, cuts back to Tuck, and he's uh, he took the waning knife from Billy before he left the the ship, and uh, you can see he uh, he went to where the carving of that little uh, dinghy was, mm-hmm. and he like retraces it and like carves it back in from what he remembers from like the vision in the in the keep. And then next to it, he carves the runic symbols of Tuck, Billy, and Ving, mm. which are like an X, a Y, and an M. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know. He's been thinking about impermanence a lot. So he's like, I'll just make this drawing last a little longer, mm-hmm. and then I'll leave a piece of myself here. Yeah. And then I guess that's it. Yeah, I like it as you um, run your hand down the rock to kind of clear away the dust and the pebbles that got cut loose. You hear on the wind a faint chiming. I look out to the ocean. It's a clear, gray, dreary night. And I yell, Chimes! (laughs) Chimes, is that you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that on the wind. (laughs) Chimes who? Billy. Yeah, Billy is uh, singing to himself. Really, like jovial yeah <laughs> really happy mood feeling energized as he, like traipses through the forest towards the tower mm-hmm. did you tell anybody about this how are you just going by nope. yourself i just went Perfect. by myself Jesus <laughs> excellent. <Christ>. excellent <laughs> uh yeah and it's the closer you get um, i'm gonna retcon the image that how it looks a little bit it's more um it's a lot of stacked flat stones and mm-hmm. it's still quite tall, but it kind of forms this like beehive shape like it's wide at the bottom and then arcs up to oh, like cool. a like a thinner domed top and there's a wooden old door pressed into one side mm-hmm. and windows, three windows kind of like this side, the back and the other side. Pretty. Yeah. And a little worn trail in the grass that leads from the forest up to the rock and to the tower. Um, I just walk into it. Yeah. You come inside and it is a spare and dusty old living space. Like there's a wooden table that looks like it's seen better days a couple shelves set into the stone stacked walls with like knickknacks here and there, but it's covered in a pretty significant layer of dust. Can I uh, discern realities mm-hmm. with the shelves? Yeah, two yeah. six plus wisdom. Eight. Eight. Okay, so you get one question. Um, What here is useful or valuable to me? You are kind of just poking around, doing your usual <laughs> blind kid, like fumbling around like, what's this? What's that? What's this over here? And um, on the shelf above what looks to be like an old destroyed like bedroll or bed sleeping area. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like hanging on the corner. You see a a circlet 
of woven sticks, like small, probably green branches when they were young were used to like form this kind of, uh, it looks like it was maybe big enough to be worn on someone's brow. You're looking at it like, oh, cool, a little, <laughs> little headband. And then you notice in the whorls and twists and twigs and leaves, uh, long gone now, of these uh, woven branches are words in the ancient druid fairy language. Like the orientation of the sticks is used to write a word. Oh. And it writes a name that you've seen before. What is it? Ileana. Oh. <gasps> Whoa, holy fucking shit. What? And that's where we're going to end it for this week. <gasps> I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. That's fucking wild. <laughs> playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. I'm stunned. <laughs> and playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, thank you to uh, Aaron Reed for our intro and outro music. Stuns every time. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters around the world supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash spoutlore or spoutlore.com slash money, please, uh, where they get access to a whole bonus RPG campaign, uh, monthly streams. We just recently did a stream where the four of us wandered around in the woods for an hour. <laughs> it was a blast. Uh, we also play Fiasco every other month. A good five minutes of that stream was us struggling our way up a <laughs> muddy slope. <laughs> so donate at the $10 level and you can see... Uh, you can oh, see it all. You can see it all. <laughs> donate at the $20 level to help us get some real hiking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you can get art, you can get merch, you can get a whole bunch of fun shit. So check that out. Uh, and finally, thank you to you all for listening. We'll see you next time. And so ends the tale of Adventures 3 Who tried the best they can Though dumb and scared and lost they be For times abreast in revelry And though our journey may be Sure.